0: You have to eat the dream. You have to sleep the dream. You have to dream the dream. You gotta touch, you have to see it when nobody else sees it. You have to feel it when it's not tangible. You have to believe it when you cannot see it. You gotta be possessed with the dream, the dream. Yeah.
1: What's up guys and welcome to Trey from the Chess Podcast. My name is Justin Groth and I'm your host on this personal growth and development podcast listen if you're new to the show I just want to take this time and I don't want to welcome you I want to thank you for being here first and foremost and if you're a an avid supporter and listening to the podcast and this is your 100th 150th time tuning back in just thank you again for giving me your 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 listening ear and giving me your support of the podcast and please if you haven't yet already please subscribe to the channel or on Apple Spotify SoundCloud anywhere there's a podcast we're there um, and don't forget to share it on your Instagram your Twitter your Facebook whatever link the podcast Straight from the chest. And if you're doing it on Instagram, please at me at Justin Craig Groth. And I will obviously re-mention you in the stories. And um, yeah, just helps generate more awareness of the podcast guests we have on. Like the one we have on today. A boy of mine from the gym, Jason Quintero. <laughs> <Quindero. laughs>
0: What's up, brother? How are you? What's Welcome good, to the man. podcast, man. How Thanks, are you? Man. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I'm good. Of course.
1: So, so I want to get right into the, to how we met. So. For people that don't know, uh we're local to a little area called Royal Grande here on the Central Coast. And um there's a gym golf fitness nine team. You and I both attend there, man. Yes, sir. And I've been seeing you for oh, bro, long time. <laughs> like I don't know what two years. I mean, even before pandemic, man, I yeah. remember seeing you there.
0: Like the last three, four years.
1: Yeah. And the one thing that I remember about you, and it was refreshed today was how much of a fucking monster you are on the jump rope. Oh,
2: thanks, You're a man. fucking monster, that. dude.
1: Like, I don't know how you do that. That is, I've jumped rope in, last time I jumped rope, I think it was in PE class. Yeah. I was in high <laughs> school, bro. But it's like, you're so good. You're talented oh, thanks, with man. the rope. It's not like you just go fast and you just double unders. It's like, you're doing all kinds of shit,
0: man. Where did you learn that? It's just something I picked up. Um, from my youth man Uh, growing up I wrestled Uh, probably started wrestling when I was like in seventh grade and that's a tool that was always uh, you know one of the foundations of training and as I got older you know I crossed over into fighting mixed martial arts and that's just something that stuck with me and I just got addicted to doing different tricks it was just it's my favorite form of cardio because I feel like it's something that you can't really get bored with because I feel like as far as the different combinations like switches, crossovers, double unders, squats, side to sides, lunge side to sides. You can just, you can. It, the world is yours at, at that point. Like, and I just have so much fun doing it that it doesn't even feel like work. Like it just feels like fun. Like <laughs> you a kid put, in the playground.
1: You put work in, man. Thanks, I man. mean, I you are that. you're going forever. Yeah, <laughs> and you're not tripping up. Yeah, that's the other. That's the other fascinating thing is you don't trip up on your rope. Well, I've I had
0: a lot of trip ups to get to this point. I'm sure. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm yeah.
1: sure. But it's like you just do it effortlessly. Right, it's man. just like seamless, man. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm just so uncoordinated when it comes to ro- battle. Or I'm sorry, when it comes to uh, almost a battle ropes. When it comes to jump rope, yeah. man, I fucking hate it. it? <laughs> I'm just like your old stereotypical bodybuilder. If I'm gonna do cardio, it's gonna be stair work. Right. It's gonna be old fashioned walking
0: inclined treadmill,
1: inclined tread, yeah. just elliptical basic shit. Man, I'm See, not doing anything like profound like you, man.
0: Every now and then I do have to give my knees a break. Cause I have two blown ACLs. I, there's a, half of the shit I do in the gym. I probably shouldn't be doing, but it's kind of like that CT Fletcher where it's like, it's my body. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want yeah. until I can't do it no more because this is what I love. Yeah. Like I really enjoy it. And not only that, it, it's like such a good stress reliever. Like, Um, physical fitness in general, I like to think as of, and and honestly, not just, I like to think of it it is an antidepressant for people who suffer from severe depression. Like I, that's something that I do suffer from and, you know, combined with cognitive therapy, books, um, medication and physical fitness, it's helped recalibrate me and brought me back, you know, as, as brought me back to my fullest self. And so, um yeah so like as far as fitness goes like as far as like what my body ends up looking like whatever i get from the results it's really just a testament to me trying to kill demons in my mind it has nothing to really do with like i want to look like this i just look like this because i'm trying to kill all these demons that are up in my head and just putting in that work you know what i mean
1: interesting yeah where did that come from? where did you, what was the onset of your depression what stemmed What what was the impetus to having that, to having an issue with depression?
0: Well, you know, it's something that I've suffered from ever since I was a child, but I didn't really know that it was depression at the time. Like I was just like, I always knew, like I was always sad. There was always something like deep in my heart where like it was heavy. I never really knew what it was. And it wasn't till I got older. I I, I lost my little sister to suicide. She was 12 when she passed. and when that had happened, that kind of clicked like, okay, this has got to be hereditary. Mm. And so, I don't know where it stems from. I, I really think that it is hereditary, but it could have came from, I don't know. Also, life experiences, different shit that I've gone through growing up has been kind of tough and stuff. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I don't really know. If you were to ask me that, my straight answer would be, it was passed down. But now I know how to arm myself with the arsenal of weapons to battle against it. Because before, as men, we were taught, uh, don't complain, just go and handle it. Yeah. Handle it like a man. And um, doing so, I ended up bottling up a lot of shit for a lot of years until a point where like, I would have these explosive outbursts that were very unhealthy. And I would hurt a lot of people in the process that I didn't mean to. Um, but when your cup is overfilled, like it's kind of hard to, to to not do that, to not be self-sabotaging, to not explode and and shit like that. Um, So, yeah.
1: When you say overfilled, what do you mean?
0: Just overfilled with stress and, and like the thing that like, you know, depression will do to you is that it ends up fucking like, it tricks your brain into thinking it messes with your perception of things. And sometimes so much so that you don't know really what's fact or fiction because your mind is telling you something even though like you know like it's not really true it, it it's weird like it's so hard because like my ex-wife would tell me like I see you're going through it how can I help you and I would tell her you know thank you I appreciate you wanted to help me but I don't know how to tell you to help me And she used to think I was just being a dick, but I really, like, if I could tell you, like, I would, I would tell you, like, I would obviously tell you, but I don't know what's going on. So, yeah, so, um, damn, man, is it, is it like,
1: uh, I heard Jordan Peterson talk about depression one time and it's like waking up and the first thought in your head is all your family died in a car crash the night prior and you have no family. And that's what true depression is like for the person that is depressed?
0: You, I don't know. It's like, you feel like nobody understands what you're going through. But the fact of the matter is a lot of people are going through it. Mm. And that's the lie, the lie that your brain will tell you that no, this is just you, this is how you are. You're fucked up and blah, blah, blah. But it's not, and that's like the biggest, like in the book, I think it's called um, the feel good book. It's a cognitive therapy book by Dr. M.D. Burns. Uh, I believe that's his name. But it was stating, like, one interesting fact that I didn't know was that relapses from depression are more severe than drug relapses. Because, you know, you relapse from your drug addiction, you fall back in your drug. A person relapses from depression usually ends in death. And I was like, damn, that shit hit hard. And, it, and, then, and like, I've read other books, but, it, like, I would say if anybody wants to get their hands on some useful literature, I would recommend that book. Because other... Um, self-help books that I've read seem to take bits and pieces from that. Like, that is the template. Mm -hmm. And, like, they kind of spin it in their own way. But that book has so many awesome exercises, so much information, and and just, like, it really clicked that, like, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one who thinks like this. I'm not the only one who feels like this. It's more than just me.
1: Mm -hmm. Do you think there's stages of depression, like, people have so, like a spectrum.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I didn't know how bad it was. Uh, I feel like, did this start off negative? <laughs> no, oh, okay. this is great. Okay, okay. So, okay.
1: And the reason why I say it's great is because you're being transparent mm-hmm. and you're dispensing with things that other people would otherwise coil up. Exactly. So that's why it's great. That's that- why I say it's great. Not because we're, we're trying to broadcast your, your, the ailment, because this is something that other people are going to hear and really relate
0: to. And that's my biggest thing that I, I, why being here today is I hope that I can touch and reach somebody who feels like they're alone because I can tell you, man, you ain't, you ain't the only one. Like, trust me, I've been there. I've been through the darkest, the darkest of darks, man. And, um, and it is possible to make it out the other side, like it really is, but you, you, just you gotta put the work in. You gotta wanna help yourself. Cause if not, you're gonna fucking drown. You're, you know what I mean? And it's not fair to ask somebody to come help you because what happens when people drown? You usually drown the person that's usually trying to help you as well. Yeah. So you really gotta really want it. Otherwise, please don't don't ask people like you know yeah. what I mean? Don't don't pity party, none of that shit. Um But okay, so uh you asked the question right now, and I totally forgot what it was. Well, yeah. it doesn't matter. Real quick, okay. I want to ask
2: another one.
1: <laughs> so, in your line of of in your family line, right? And you, there's some depression there. Mm. Did any one of them avidly work out? As far as did they pay any kind of mind to uh, a workout exercise regimen of any oh, sort? Hell no, no, no. Hell okay. No. <laughs> I just want you to clarify that. I wanted to ask and clarify that because that is paramount Mm. to mental health. Absolutely. It's sometimes just the basic knowledge of exercising, sleeping well, Mm -hmm. eating well, and hydrating. Yeah. And if more people just adopted that, they might mitigate a lot of the onsets of depression. Yeah. Right. But that's why I asked that because you're obviously changing your lineage here Mm. by being an avid workout or fitness enthusiast and you take it to a whole nother level Mm. you know i mean it's not something that let's say you didn't have that who the fuck is jason at that point because if you didn't have fitness and you didn't have that outlet which is that's really what it is it's an outlet yeah if you didn't have that you would be even more closed in with all your demons and you wouldn't really know how to fucking you wouldn't really know how to get rid of them or, or kill them or anything. So yeah. it's like, that's something that's so important. When you go to the gym and you work, nobody's going to know that you're exercising the demons out. Right. Right. And a lot of people will say that and they don't really have any demons to exercise. They mm. just want to levy on that because it makes them look harder or feel or, or, or seem harder. Right. Like they're more like into their workout, their focus, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Look, I can tell you in my workouts, I train with a specific type of behavior work ethic because that's what I started out with as a competitive bodybuilder. Mm. That's what I wanted. I wanted to be my best come show day. Yeah. So that's what's been ingrained in my head, which is the reason why I train the way I train. It's not because of mental health, right? right? It's not. Well, that's a byproduct. So that's a byproduct for me, but the byproduct for you is the body. Yeah. You're not even after the body. No. But you have a great body. And Thank so you. that's something that's obviously by extension, something that's handed to you as a result of your endeavors and fitness, mm. but that's all stemming from you trying to get more anchored in mental health, right?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: But anyway, so I, I go on. I just wanted to ask that because I think it's I think it's paramount for the viewers and the listeners to understand that a lot of the reason why these things are passed down is because people don't do anything about them in the very, in the, when they happen. And right. so it's definitely passed down, but if they had worked out, they might have mitigated a lot of the risk associated with you having it, mm-hmm. you know? So. And
0: it's funny because in that book that I was talking about they, I read they did a study. So they did like a 90 day study where they gave, um, okay, so there's a, a group A and a group B group A was on medication only group b no medication cognitive therapy exercises and physical fitness so the 90 days comes and the results are off the charts um like the depression levels are way down for the people who didn't have antidepressants who only did cognitive therapy exercises and did physical fitness compared to people who are on medications so they were saying in the book that you know to get the most benefit they would incorporate all three physical fitness, cognitive therapy exercises and antidepressant SSRIs or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I I found that fascinating because like, don't think you can just take a magic pill and you're going to be all good because that's, there's a lot more you have to do. And the thing about fitness is it's free. You can do it anywhere. Don't give me that shit because you don't got a gym membership. There's so many good um, sources on YouTube for body weight exercises, which are phenomenal or hikes. There's like nature, like get your ass up and get out like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's good for you to be in nature, to be surrounded by trees and a breeze and the sun and the ocean and all that shit. Like you're taking in beauty like you, you're taking in visual as well as inner, you know, exerting your your body and using your body as movement and, and all that other good stuff. So yeah, I'm a huge advocate for all that.
1: It's it's interesting because even though people understand that that's the antidote, they will not engage in it because it's causes it's hard, right? It's it's fucking life is hard. It's bro. It's hard, bro. <laughs> and it's like that's the easiest thing you're gonna do in life, yeah, right? And when you the only thing that I've really taken from bodybuilding, or rather any kind of fitness that I've done, which is all centered around bodybuilding, is that. I have more mental fortitude and work ethic than I even thought I had. That's mm-hmm. the only thing that I've taken from it. Not the body, not the strength. I could get I mean, I I like those things, but the thing that's it's uncovered for me is knowing that there's a level to me in terms of being able to receive and deal with pain mm-hmm. that I never fucking thought I had yeah. ever. And that's the only thing like that right there is really the only construct that I can take into any other thing or field in life Right. that I can endure some shit. Yeah. I know that resiliency. Yes. And mentally, look, I haven't had the worst childhood, bro. I can't even, I can't even fake that. I'm not going to boast here and say, well, I've had this because it matches a a certain frame that other people want to hear me say. So they feel like I have some credibility, Mm. Look, man, my family, I was blessed to be in a great family and they raised me well. It doesn't mean that there weren't things along the way that like I had hiccups with oh, absolutely. for sure, but yeah. definitely not, if not, definitely not anything tragic. Mm-hmm. And I've been blessed in that regard. But if I didn't have this, oh my gosh, I'd be a weak motherfucker. Yeah. I'd be just weak. I'd be mentally weak. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't understand What it meant, I'd be like a cushy, I'd be even more cushy than I am right now, bro. Mm. And that's a bad thing for a man. It might be a good thing for a woman. It's a bad thing for a man. And oftentimes I feel like there should have been more to happen to me because there's something that I want more as a man in terms of the circumvention of who I am. I want to be the best man I can fucking be. And so, but without the hardships, or without the struggle, I'm not going to really know what I'm made of. So I impose certain things on my own Mm -hmm. because I got to see what I'm made of. But even the imposing of these things, it's first world problems. Mm -hmm. They're not extravagant things that I'm dealing with and, or you are dealing with, Mm -hmm. you may have dealt with them. But the where we live and how we live, I mean, gosh, it's so cushy, man. Yeah, it is. I really mean, is. even if you're working a nine to five, or if you're a server or a busser, or like yourself, a cook, mm-hmm. man. I mean, you work a shift, you make a decent amount of money, you go home, you shower, you go to bed, you do it all over again, right? right? I mean. You're not worried about where your water or your food is coming from. You're not worried about your lights going out or not having lights or mm. not having electricity. So for those reasons, we live a cushy existence to some degree, right? right?
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, there's levels to that as well, right? If we were obviously in some third world country, we didn't have It'd none of that shit. Yeah. Way different. Right. But
0: be much more appreciative of what we would we have. Here, we would, but-,
1: but then you get back here in a couple of weeks, you're like, that's ah, normal again. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's
0: just normal. We just slip right back into it. It slip right yeah, back it's into like it. Nothing. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, we're gonna. I'm gonna take off a little bit. Um, go back a little bit okay. to when we uh, to, to the people that are viewing, listening about meeting you at the gym, etc. So, I'm sure this is true for you, but in my life, man, there's been very few people that I come across and automatically I have a gravitational pull towards their energy mm-hmm. and you are one of those people immediately sense. like immediately it wasn't it wasn't seeing you because for people that never see you mm-hmm. and people that don't know you I should say for people that don't know you you're intimidating especially in your workouts like you're an intimidating looking gentleman. so <laughs> You, but it's also because you're very into the workout mm. and you just, you're not there for fucking Instagram and pictures and shit like that. Right. And so when you see that, you're like, it's kind of intimidating. But then again, I've seen a lot of that and I just give the space like you do. Yeah. Like you, you were saying the other day, like, I want to come up and talk to you, but anyway, you're in your workout. So I gave you your space. Right. Like you understand that notion. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And
1: so do I. but that, that can easily deter somebody. Right. Mm. And it, and I'm not going to say it deterred me cause I'm just not a big, I don't like to go up to people that I don't know and introduce myself. I mm. think it's kind of, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not advocating against that. I'm just, right. that's not the kind of person that I am. Yeah. If conversation sparks organically, well then it sparks organically, you yeah. know, and that's, that's kind of how it happened with you and I. Mm. And when it happened, You interface with that person and you now are joining and I hate to be this way but this is just what it is you're joining frequencies energies etc oh yeah and when you when you do that you can see if you have a disconnect or a connect right you can feel it and that was automatic with you man so we're good okay so when um, when that happened I'm like dude this guy there was just an odd, there was just a positive exchange between you and I, and it wasn't because you were trying and
2: organic it wasn't because
1: I was trying. Right. And that's the, that's the key point here to notice is that it was just organic and it was real. Mm-hmm. And that energy exchange was something that I wanted more of. And so, and you had kind of briefly mentioned how you were a fighter and yeah. people don't get into fighting at an early age because they like fighting. Right. So I knew right there, there's going to be a story to this guy. And I, if anything, or I'm sorry, if nothing more, I want to talk to him. Mm. And that's why I invited you on the podcast. So, um, I briefly kind of described that in the gym, but Mm. that was, that's kind of the full fledged story. And the thing is, it's a gift man to come across people in life that you naturally bond to without any kind of force or anything like that. Like you're not trying to pry something or make something happen or work. And that's odd that it happens. I've only had it happen a few times in my life, man. I'm 37, so it's saying a lot. So, yeah. anyways, I'm not I'm not like saying you should feel prized or anything. I'm just saying that's something that I wanted to share with you because look, that's important to me. That's special to me, dude. So I
0: feel special, man. That's very kind of you to say. Oh, I man. appreciate that, man. <laughs> because sometimes I don't know how I come off in the gym just because, like. Like, I try not to give a fuck, but I'd be lying if I said I I didn't. Just because some people, like, I don't know how they perceive me, which, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't give a shit, but I kind of do, I guess, just because I don't want people thinking, like, oh, this fool's fucking over here, like, going balls to the wall. But like I said, I'm just trying to kill the demons in my head. It's not like I'm trying to show out or anything like that. But sometimes I feel like I come across that way. And then I'm also a bit socially awkward when I conversate with people. I've been getting a little bit better as far as conversation-wise, but I had been living under a rock for so long that I kind of lost touch with that as far as how to carry on a basic conversation with the person um i'm getting better now and you know i'm trying to get out of my introverted tendencies um because fuck man there's so much like beautiful people out there that so much beautiful people out there that i just like want to get to know just to interact with like i just want to know their background what they're about um, But sometimes I just feel like they think of me like weird, <laughs> weird.
1: I never got that impression. Really? Man. Oh, and, thanks, and, man. And I'm, I'm very, um, I don't know what the word I would use, but I'm very analytical hmm. of all my of of anybody I interface with and my surroundings, my environment, everything. And I can't help that. It's just the way that I. This is the way that I was born, man. Like yeah. I, from an early age, I remember monitor watching people and monitoring their behaviors their movements why they did certain things their eye language their body language mm. etc like those things are very i don't know why they're just important they just they were something that i was akin to at an early age well body
0: language would tell you a lot about a person that their mouths or eye or their mouths won't tell you you know what I mean? yeah you, like The mouth can be saying one thing, but the body will tell you exactly how somebody feels. Yeah,
1: the body, but more so the eyes, right? Because you can tell if people are soulless in the eyes. You can tell if there's no type of life or like they don't really care. Even they're trying to say that they care Mm. or express that or convey it. You can tell the difference, man. It's weird because it's like you have happy eyes or you have malevolent eyes. (laughs) You know, it's like it's it's. One or the other. Right. It's never, and you can be so good at tricking people. You can have, you can have all the dark trad traits. You know, mm. Machiavellian, narcissistic, and, and I think it's psychopathic. It'd be all those things and be a, a master at persuading people. But you come across the right person that's able to fucking see through it. And yeah. there's like, there's something about that guy. It's there's something about off, that girl. Yeah. Something's off. Yeah. Cause you can tell in their eyes yeah. and look, you and I are exchanging right now. We're looking in our eyes, but right. it's like, I'm not trying to dissect that. Cause I've already, I've already established the baseline with Jason right. as he's good. Not he's in question. Right. Right. And there are people that are in question. Right. And the moment you let those people off the plank, you'll fuck yourself sometimes. Oh yeah. So if they're in question, they're in question for, even if, Everybody around you is like, no, he or she is great,
2: solid. solid." It's like,
1: no, motherfucker. There's something to that guy. Yeah. And I just can't put my finger on it, but there's something. I wouldn't have this feel, not feel, but this, I wouldn't have this thought. intuition, yeah. The intuition, right, about this gentleman or this woman if it weren't for a reason. Right. So maybe if I can't understand it. Or if I can't define it, I'm just going
0: to leave it alone. I'm not going to interface with them anymore. I'm not going to, you know. Well, the thing is, eventually, all that shit comes to the light. You yes. can only pretend for so long before other people will start to realize, like, oh, this guy is a bullshit artist. Or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it you can only mask it for so long.
1: Yeah, because you, you end up letting the guard down a little bit. Or you let the guard down with the right person. Mm-hmm. And that person sees through it. And like I said, there's, there was a guy that used to go to the gym and everybody, he befriended everybody rapidly when really? he came in and it's like, you just moved here. You're befriending everybody. Yeah. What's the point of that? And you're a really big guy. This is not, not to my, you Even though you're a big guy. He's a really <laughs> big guy. Something. He, when I say big, I mean, he wasn't like fat. He was like, Solid. he was sauced yeah. up, dude. So. And I'm not saying that has anything to do with his personality, anything, but he very well could have meant well, but there was something about him. I feel like he was just besodial and he was just trying to paint a picture for people. But on the, look, I don't, I've never met, I shouldn't say that because I know there are guys that do gear Mm. and sell gear and they're, they're good people. Right. Right. But they just get caught up in the whole event of bodybuilding and and they know guys or that want to do gear so that well i got gear i'll sell to you you know what i mean like it's not like a malevolent thing oftentimes sometimes it is but it's not because they're trying to like be a drug dealer oh you know um but i feel like i when i when i would see this guy i'm just thinking there's anyway it's just something about him and i just stayed away from him Mm. because of that and um before he moved i real i i came in contact with him about something that he had contention about with me and um we ironed it out but the way he interacted with me on that level at that moment was solidifying everything Proofed i fucking thought, thought about yeah. him prior you know and he was he had contention with me over something that he thought was going on or he thought about me. Yeah. We thought that I had had said, or I have worded something to one of his friends and I'm careful with my words, buddy. I'm right. not going to say something that's not going to bring me in direct contention with you yeah. unless I want that.
0: Well I say it. I mean it.
1: Yeah. And yeah. if less I want that and I want to get to get back to you, then I'll say something. Oh yeah. But if I don't, if I, don't, if I'm not, if that's not my motive or that's not my, my Avenue with you, I'm not going to say anything. And it yeah. wasn't, he took it wrong and again the colors came out at that moment right right anyway that's a whole different story it doesn't matter but my point is you can tell when people are they have they have ill intentions or mm. rather they're not exactly what
0: they portray they're not, themselves yeah they're to not be.
1: exactly uh um well I, I can't think of the word but yes you got it, man. They're not, they're not, they're not genuine, right? Right. Um, there's a sort of a disingenuous element, but you can't put your finger on it for that reason. I just stay away from people like that, you know,
0: but sometimes that that's your gut. And I feel like that is your gut, man, your gut, 90% of the time won't let you down. I feel like, like I think,
1: I think I've never had a, a situation where my gut let me down, mm-hmm. but it's a hard discernment between what is my gut or is that my brain or is that my heart? Yeah. It's hard to discern which is which. Yeah. And so I don't know. I think that, I think that most, most of us operate on the intuitive aspect mm. and we, and, and, and or our gut sometimes our brain will override that shit and be like, "Absolutely, nah, man, it's not that just keep going, you know, or, don't don't worry about that you know when it's
0: your heart do you feel like it's like like maybe i'm being just like a little too judgmental maybe like is it the heart that's telling you like uh maybe i should be a little bit more forgiving because i feel like that's what it is for me but then my gut's like nah man something's up like listen to me i'm telling you what it really is like don't listen to your heart that's That's your brain
1: kicking i think man at that point and the brain and the gut we know this are wired they have there's nerve interventions or nerve innervations, rather more in the gut than there is in the brain. Mm. So a lot of what you're probably thinking is stemming, possibly stemming from your gut and, or sending signals to your brain. And then that's how you think, you know, I can't really dissect it much further than that. You right. Know? Yeah. I'm not, not that smart, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the heart, it, the heart's more like emotionally wound. It's like have empathy yes. or, um, be conscientious about this or that, you know, like, Don't step on those person. Don't step on that person's toes in this regard, or you know, say a word here that you might not have wanted to say. You know, mow over that contention with that person. You know, make things right. That's like your heart, but then again, maybe that's your gut too, to some degree. I mean, it's hard to really discern, man. Yeah, what is what, which is which? You know, it is. It really is. And also, when you're too much in your heart. As men, I can say this with absolute certainty. You almost feel like, no, that's bitch. I can't be that way. I'm going to (laughs) override. No, fuck it. And I suppress that shit. I just shove it down, down. man. (laughs) I just shove it down because that's what men are great at. We're great at shoving shit down and not, not identifying it. Well, identifying it rather, but just not doing anything about it. Right. Just shoving it down and accepting it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like. For example, if a woman leaves you, this is going to be good. If a woman leaves you for purposes of saying, Jason, I'm just, I don't think that you're doing X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. You're not doing X, Y, Z. So I'm going to leave you. Mm-hmm. Would you fight for that woman back, provided she was just a woman you were starting out with? And really, you could see there was investment in her. There was some future possibly. Would it cause you to want to ante up or would it cause you to just be like, you don't, you don't see what I'm doing here. You don't see, you don't see my struggle or my pain. You don't, you don't want to make my life more peaceful so I could possibly be the man that you need and Mm. want. And you don't want to give this shit time.
0: Or do you just be like, walk away? I think it depends at that point. Like if I see potential in the relationship, maybe, but at the same time, if she says I'm not this, this and that, I'm not about to change myself for you. Like you either take me as I am or let me go because like I've done that. Yeah. And you lose yourself in the process and it's not fair. It's not fair to you. And it's not fair to the other person. It's a facade that the person wants you to be this way so they can love you. And like I said, it, it, you get lost. You wake up one morning and you're like, who the fuck am I? Like, I don't know who the fuck I am anymore. Like, Because you were changing for a woman. For a woman, yeah. yeah. So in that regard, I feel like if she was like, Jay, you're not doing this, that, that, I'm out. Bye. Exactly. Bye. You just accept it. Yeah, bye. Most,
1: most I would argue that most men are good at just accepting shit. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing as like when if let's say you're you were overweight, which you're not. You're mm. overweight with muscle, clearly, no. but you're not overweight. Overweight. If somebody were to tell you, like one of your good friends would tell you, "Hey, man, you're fat, dude," like shame you. Mm. Would you sit there in your fucking feelings and be like, "Can't believe you said that. It's unfair that I should." Be get- no, dude, you're gotta, gonna. Fuck! I
0: gotta get my ass a exactly. gear. Exactly.
1: <laughs> you're just gonna do something about yeah, it. You're absolutely. just gonna accept it, and you're gonna do some shit about it. Hell yeah. I mean but that's biologically how we're wired. Mm. Is it not? Yeah, it's, absolutely. It, it's, it's a way that we we're, we're we're have this constant burden to create ourselves and become better. You can coin it as a better version of yourself. That's a watered down version of basically what it means to, I need to create myself, mm-hmm. whatever this burden is that I'm feeling, then that's telling me do something or do something about my current circumstance or situation. I need to put that into effect. I need to do something. I need to create. I need to build something. And whatever that is, whatever that means to that person, whatever that looks like rather, it's going to be a little different, man, for everybody. Oh, yeah. But it's it's important for men to create themselves into something. So not only we can leave something behind for our kin, for, mm. our, for our kids, et cetera, but to be able to provide for a woman, for a family, like that's innately what we want to do most of the time. I can't speak for all men. Yeah. Most men wanna do that shit. You know, and if it's not and yes, it is for them, but I would argue that it's it's for them inadvertently for women as well. Like mm. it's 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 one of those silent yet paramount things that we that we engage ourselves in because it benefits the second the other party, which is the woman and the family.
0: Well it trickles down.
1: It trickles down, yeah. right? So It's like looking at a woman and seeing humongous, like not humongous, but big hips, maybe a a curvature to her ass Mm. and like, and, and big breasts. Like we see that and we, we want to, we want to procreate with that, but we see that as like, that just looks hot. Like we, I just like that shit, you know, we don't see, we don't, but our, our lizard brain is telling us, well, You want to, you want to fuck that, but that's it. Mm. But really internally, biologically, we know that that woman can bear a a child or bear our child with ease because of the hips. And then we know that they can nurture that child with those breasts. Right. And so that's what we want to, that's what our natural innate desire is stemming from to move towards that woman. We don't see it that way because we just want to fuck. So we're like, that looks good. (laughs) Yeah. I want to fuck that.
0: You know, really behind all that. The caveman brain. That's what it is. Like the caveman is strategic. Yeah. So we're not looking at from a strategy, but that's how we are programmed for
1: a fucking millennia. Oh yeah. We're programmed that way to see women that way. Right. And women conversely, they're programmed to see a, a man tall, strong, mm-hmm. physically fit and being able to protect her. And then obviously if they're tall and they have a stature to them, they can, they can protect them. But then What do they bring to the table in terms of provision? Mm -hmm. So they're looking at that as well. Women are hypergamous. They're always going to want to date up and date a man that makes more money than them, etc. Right. Well, that's another innate need that we have or or rather urgency that we have to create ourselves so that we can get a woman. We can rather, I don't want to use that word, so we can collect the woman that we want, Mm -hmm. right? So that's... Inadvertently, why we do what we do, man?
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, it is for us to some degree in the in the in the in the momentary time slot that we don't have a woman. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, we're trying to we're trying to attract the woman, and we do that by becoming better. We do that yeah. by becoming more.
0: Yeah. You know. What do you think is more important, protection or provision? Because I feel like. F- I feel like protection kind of levels up a little bit because if you can't protect what you're trying to provide for, then what's the point?
1: So the number one thing that women, well, I shouldn't say number one thing. This is a broad platform here. So I would say most of the time women are looking for security Mm -hmm. and safety.
0: I would say the same. yeah.
1: And whether that comes in protection in the form of protection and or provision, Mm -hmm. that's what they search for. They search to be covered
2: yeah.
1: and the covering is going to come from the man protecting them and they know that they're protected and providing for them. Mm -hmm. So it would be, I guess up to the woman to clarify what she deems more important for her. You know, it's like, do I want to be provided for? And I guess at that point, how much are you provided for and are, is security hired on? So if your man is a, Peep squeak mm-hmm. can't pr- can't protect shit, right? But you have an arsenal of fucking security around your house, right? Okay, well he he provided all of that, yeah, yeah. So I guess it levels, it's levels to that, and it's like, and it's all dependent on the woman what she deems more valuable in the man. But mm. well, we can without argue say that women are searching for security
2: Absolutely. and
1: safety. Yeah, and that's really what it boils down to. Um, men are seeking <sighs> what. Femininity, yes. You know they're seeking. Uh, su- this is a bad word for a lot of women to hear, but I'm gonna say anyway. Submission. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're seeking cooperation from a woman. They're seeking support, like them to be their support system, yeah. etc. Like helpmate. You know, if you're talking going to, back to biblical times, is a helpmate. Right. The woman is the helpmate to the man. Yeah, yeah. Um, And the man is the leader, and the woman. They're not. A, most women nowadays won't. Uh, concede to this, but they look for a leader. They look to be led.
0: Would you say that's more like the alpha male trait? Uh,
1: you can be you can be masculine and not be alpha male. Could be masculine beta male. I don't think I don't know. I see alpha and beta are mindsets, but masculinity is something that you adopt and you believe in and you and you you, you venture out in the world in that manner, mm-hmm. right? And in instill in the you. You collect the behaviors, and you believe in those behaviors, and you you obviously exercise those behaviors in real time, real life. Right. You know, so you can have a beta male that can provide, and that can fucking do a lot like Elon Musk. Yeah. He's a perfect example of that. He's a beta male, but he has all the fucking, he has all the monetary, as a alpha male would Presumably have right. You know what I mean? Because, and he's gone out in the world and he's created all these, this, that, and the other. Yeah. And he's the most, he's one of the richest men in the world. So, but he's still a beta. So I guess the beta and the alpha are mindsets. I don't really think about that Mm -hmm. as much as I think about masculinity being the main driver of the male.
2: Yeah.
1: That should be the main theme of the male. And The moment you adopt masculinity, you automatically switch from probably being more beta esque in the mindset to more uh, alpha esque. Yeah, you know. But um, yeah. I mean, it just we could go off on on uh, you know other other branches of that topic, but I just feel like I just I just think that if. You're going to be anything as a man Mm. be masculine.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And
1: even if that deters certain women from liking you or wanting you, let me be frank, dude, women want the masculine dominant male. Yeah. They may not know what to do with it when they have it. They may not know how to interface with it when they have it because, But but they want it because why would they not? Yeah. That's a source of security and protection and safety. And we have establish that all women want that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know one woman. I've never spoke with one woman that doesn't value those constructs, mm. the safety and security elements. Never, never. I'm not saying that they don't exist. Unicorns exist. Fuck. Yeah. But I mean, majority of women, that's what they seek out, man. Yeah. But it's, it's when you, when you create yourself, you automatically adopt certain disagreeable, contentious, and competitive traits that otherwise lend you towards the end of being more alpha-esque or masculine. You're not willing to just assume whatever comes your way.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or you're willing to you're willing to disagree, you're willing to combat, you're willing to compete. And that's something that you did. Mm-hmm. You know, as a fighter, you're going against. another man you don't know who's gonna come out right but you're gonna try your hardest to to mess this guy up so that you are deemed the fucking winner right and that's combat that's something that a lot of men they don't partake in but they might partake in that in other areas of their life it might come it just looks different for all men right Mm -hmm. but the most the most masculine but sweet men that i've ever met have been fighters really yeah man so it's it's no, it's no wonder that why you are the way you are. I mean, or why I sense that from you, man. I mean, like I've never met a fighter. That's like just a prick and just really, really um, full of himself mm. and just like, well, you want to get fucked up right now? <laughs> like I've never met a fighter like that. Yeah.
0: Usually I've... those guys are the first to get their ass whooped. Right.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and the thing is, is that they, I think it's cause they have such a, such a vast confidence in their ability
0: exactly to fuck you up and there's a calm because we exert we get choked out fucking kicked in the head kicked in the throat daily so it it ain't nothing it's routine but you just martial arts is like really embedded in life in general like it's everywhere in life like whether you know it or not it is and there's a sense of peace that comes with that you know what I mean and I think that's why Fighters, I and I've, I've come across, like you said, there's unicorns. There's some bad unicorns. There's a couple of dickheads there and there. But like I said, they're usually the first. If you if you bark loud, like you usually ain't about shit. Yeah. Um. So, but the most, they're like silent killers, right? Silent killers, it's basically. True.
1: It's really true because at
0: that point you don't need to boast. You know what you're capable of, and you know that if shit was to pop off, you're fine. You can handle yourself at least to a degree where you can get to some sort of safety. Yeah. Um, Weapons and all that other shit coming. Street fights are terrifying just because you, you don't know what the fuck is going to happen. Like I've been stabbed before in a street fight. What? Yeah, bro. I've been stabbed. Talk about that. So, um, it's probably close to three, four years ago. Now uh, we were living off Elm street and uh, this
1: is an AG. Yeah, bro.
0: Yeah. At the Elm Street Apartments, man. Um, Those are ghetto though, bro. Yeah. I used to live on Elm Street. Borderline Oceano. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, yeah, I know exactly where that's at. So my neighbor was getting jumped, and you know, there's like four or five guys on top of him. He's my neighbor, like, and I know he saw me see him getting jumped. So it's like, what am I supposed to do? Like, yeah. when I see him tomorrow, like, hey, hey look who made it alive. <laughs> so I was like, fuck, man, I gotta do something. So was this at night? hmm so I ran out there and I started body slabbing people left and right um and it was only like I wasn't trying to throw blows I was my main objective was to scoop him up pull him out and just get him off the ground so I remember like s- slamming three or four people out of the way and then what I thought was an elbow I caught was actually a knife and I remember <laughs> tasting blood in my mouth and I was like fuck um but I got to him, so I scooped him up, I pulled him out, and by the time I got him to his feet, um, they had hopped in the car and they and they drove off. And so, we're walking back to the apartments, and I was just like, hey, are you okay? You all right? He's like, yeah, I'm good. You know, thank you for, you know, coming, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and the next thing he goes, he goes, yo, he goes, you're dripping blood. And I was like, for real? He's like, yeah. You know, obviously, adrenaline, you don't feel shit. Right. So, I take off my shirt, man, I'm gashed from here. I got stuck right here it went oh, through the ribs, No, punctured my lung. Oh, um, no. I didn't know my lung was punctured, though, until we got to the emergency room and the doctor turned me over and then it collapsed and I couldn't breathe. And I guess um, what's sh- shorter, centimeters or millimeters? Millimeters. And the doctor said that the tip of the knife was millimeters away from my heart. It's oh like, you got really gosh, lucky. So man. I got slashed here. Like if I was to shave off my mustache, you would see like a scar here. I have a slash against my belly that got stapled up this stuck here and then i got stuck in the back and the way uh the knife went in in the back it didn't go like straight in it went like up at a fucked up angle so it left this big ass hematoma of like a pocket of blood and shit at, at the back of my uh on my back and so yeah so i was hop- hospitalized for a few days you know um but yeah that that, shit that was, must have came from like two or three guys with knives well, yeah, because there was like at least, there was four guys and one girl. One girl hopped out at the end. I was like, what the fuck, bitch? So, uh, were they looking to kill your your neighbor? I don't know. But I, I when I look back, I was like, fuck, I shouldn't have did that. Right. But that's, that's like my stupid ass. Like, I always want to try to help people and do what's right and blah, blah, blah. And sometimes it, it's beneficial and sometimes I end up fucking biting the bullet on it. And that one, I bit the bullet, and I was just like, fuck, man. I shouldn't have did that. But, I mean, it's just who
1: I am. So here's a question. If you were not a fighter, mm -hmm. you didn't have that type of confidence in your ability to fight, do you think that you would have stepped out amidst four or five dudes with the other guy getting his ass whooped?
2: No.
0: I probably would call it cops. (laughs) Yeah. like, no, man. That's that's honestly what I should have did because at the end of the day, I was just like, fuck dude like was it really worth all this like you know what I mean at the time I was married I was like was it worth putting my wife at that time through that shit cause you know I, I snuck in the house cause I didn't want to alert her once he told me I was like yo you're stabbing," and then I took off my shirt and then I saw like all the gashes and shit so I was like yo you gotta take me to the hospital I was like, but I can't wake up my wife so I snuck in the house I grabbed my wallet wait, not wait, wait, sneaky wait.
1: enough wait 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 why couldn't you
0: wake your wife up I just didn't I don't know I just I didn't want to worry her and and at the time, like our relationship was not really great, and I just, I just didn't want to add to the stress of what was going on with us, as um, as far as a couple, a married couple, um, you but I was not quiet enough. So she was like, "What the fuck are you doing? Like, you try to sneak it?" She thought I was try to do some sly shit. She like, "You try to sneak in the house and grab some?" i was like, "No." I'm like, "Fuck." I was like, "Well, I got stabbed and I need to go to the hospital." She's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> so it became this whole thing. But yeah. You don't, you don't think she would have wanted to help you, though? Yeah,
1: but she was still pissed. Okay, but... This is your life.
0: Yeah. This is
1: your life in, in harm's way. And it's not like you just got in a street fight. And yeah. you got a black eye and you're coming in and you're like, Oh, I got beat up a little bit. No, this is like... This is your life. This yeah. is like... You didn't know what was going on because of adrenaline, like you said. Right. But any anybody that looks at your body after your shirt's been off and sees all the wounds Mm -hmm. gashes that's a cause for concern. And you would think that anybody, especially the one that you are married to is going to want to help you in that regard.
0: I don't know if that's a
1: dig on you or her because that's pretty serious, man. And the fact that you were like not wanting to impose that on her, Like that's, it's none of my business, but it's like, I'm just homie to homie. It's like, I don't know how that doesn't, I don't know where that didn't go off in your head. Like, but this is a serious matter though. You know, like this is, this is now a serious matter. Mm. No matter if you're in a deep sleep, feuding doesn't matter. This is really serious now because I could fucking die.
0: I think at that point in our marriage, it was just like anything to avoid conflict. I didn't want to, I didn't want her, I didn't want her to worry first off because you know what I mean? I I care about her and I didn't want to alarm her. But then at the same time, because where we were in marriage, like I didn't want to, I didn't want to hear all the shit like, and I knew that was going to come. I don't know. And I, I, I don't, I'm not trying to shit on her or anything. You know what I mean? Cause, um, obviously she's the mother of my children. She's an awesome mom, you know? Um. I couldn't have asked for a better baby mama, but I don't know. I, I really don't know. But I knew what, I just knew that if she knew, she's going to be pissed. And she was. So, right. I don't know who, the, who, who's. I blame myself, honestly, because I shouldn't have helped. I shouldn't have did that. But it's in my nature to want to help people. Especially when I see somebody like four on five, that should. I mean, four on one, that's not fair. Yeah. Like, at I least understand. line up. Everybody line up And you go heads up One on one And then If you get knocked You get knocked Whatever But um, Yeah I don't know That's like Piece of shit Type shit to me Like I've never been About that Like people getting jumped Like I don't see the point of that Street fights are scary Like I said You can fuck around Get knocked out Slam your head on the floor As you're falling And fucking die Yeah Like it's dangerous At least in a cage fight It's a controlled atmosphere Yeah There's somebody supervising There's somebody to stop When it's like super bad Like yeah, street fights have always kind of like fuck scared me. Just because not that I'm afraid of the fight, but I'm afraid if I do something and it's uh, because when I f- fight, I fight. Yeah, you know, I mean, I fight to fight. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm just afraid of what I might end up doing that may not be beneficial towards you know me. So what got you into fighting? So like I said, I grew up wrestling and i was a pretty decent wrestler um until i blew out my acl i think was it my junior year i went to state sophomore year i placed fourth at uh, nationals for freestyle in the heavyweight division for my age category at that time i think it was like between 15 16. Um, i had scholarships lined up and stuff like that Uh, but i ended up blowing out my knee i tore my acl tore my meniscus and some other shit um during a football combine so all that shit went bye-bye but i knew that how much i loved grappling so um once you know i had the acl reconstruction and all that other shit got into jiu-jitsu uh jiu-jitsu crossed over into kickboxing and then i don't know do you know who scott lighty is Mm -mm. he used to he's a k1 veteran at heavyweight um and then he transitioned um you know k1 right was kickboxing Mm-hmm. It was like during the pride days and stuff like oh, that. Oh, KKK. So he was a K-1 veteran. Um, and then he switched over to MMA and got picked up by Force. Mm-hmm. And he was a light heavyweight contender there. So Scott Lighty and Glover Tashira, who just recently lost his UFC title at light heavyweight. Um, those two were training partners and they served as training partners to Chuck. And so um, Scott... Lighty needed a, um, somebody with a wrestling background to come in and help him work his ground game. So that's initially how I got pulled in. And then it just made sense. Like, well, I'm, I already got grappling. I got jujitsu, I've been doing kickboxing for a while. I might as well just put them all together and just let's go. Let's run it. So did that for a while. I had a couple fights out in Vegas, which were a ton of fun. Those were mm-hmm. awesome. A uh, couple fights out here. And then initially when my son came, because I was training like, like, anywhere between like eight to ten hours a day not consecutively but throughout the day like i would like train a couple hours in the morning before work go to work on my lunch break i'd come to the gym and then like do like a two and a half hour workout spar and all that other good shit go back to work finish my work and then when i would go home i'll do all my road work running hitting the tires sledgehammers all that good shit um and it was a lot of fun man It, it was like good experience like i've got to work in with like a lot of Um, UFC fighters and stuff like that. I've even had lunch with Dana White, and that was pretty dope. Nice, Yeah, that was real dope, man. Um, Because our trainer, his name is Eric Schwartz, um, came up with Chuck. When Chuck was coming up, he came up with him, and he was, you know, they both went to Cal Poly and wrestled at Cal Poly together. And um, so he knew Dana. So every time we would go out to um, Vegas to train, he would hit up Dana. But Dana obviously is a businessman. I was always busy. But one time we got in, man, one time we got into the UFC building. And um, uh, and it, like I don't get starstruck for shit. Like I've worked out with like with Randy Couture and other fighters and stuff like that. And like it's like more of like, yeah, this is dope. But then when I saw when I saw Dana White, I was like, fuck, that's the gatekeeper right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like he, like, I was like, like real starstruck in the sense that like this guy can actually change my future if I really am about it which I was about it but then when I had my son at 20 um, everything changed I just knew that there was no way I could be a father there was no way I could be the father I wanted to be which I which I always knew you know based off my father and mistakes that he's made knowing that I didn't want to repeat those Um, but I knew that something had to get So, you know, I just fell head over heels for my son and being a dad and like everything that comes with that responsibility. Like I just loved every part of it and it outweighed my love for fighting at that point. And, um, I didn't want to be away from him. Like, I just wanted to spend every minute with him. I just, I couldn't get enough. That's really honorable, man. Yeah. To hear, and and to hear that it's really, it's beautiful.
1: You also want to provide for your son. Yes. Right. So. If fighting wasn't gonna be the provisionary r- road, mm-hmm.
0: what did you then do? Nine to five. <laughs> Nine to five. What's doing what? <sighs> a bunch of fucking oddball jobs and stuff. Um, like, like like mason, cooking, vendor. I'm currently a vendor right now for Frito Lay, which is an awesome job. Like I'm not complaining at all. Especially where I'm at in life right now, I'm extremely I have a lot of gratitude for everything that I have because. I know at any point it can be taken away. Um, but just just jobs here and there. Nothing really that's sustained or satisfied me. Even now, like, I do love, I, I like my job, but I don't love it, you know? Yeah. It's not what I want to do in my life. At this point, I'm 34. I'm still trying to find exactly what my lane is. Because I know this, like, this is cool now, but it's not what I want to do. But it's just trying to find what it is I want to do. I used to think it was fitness, but like I said, fitness is just a byproduct of me trying to kill the demons in my head. What I think I really like to do is some sort of inspirational, motivational, something in that field. I don't know what exactly, whether it be a speaker or some shit, but something in that field I feel calling to me. And I just, I'm trying to figure out how to to put my foot in the door with that. Like as far as like IG stories, like I love, I love the IG stories that I like. I just love putting like a pick me up, like, cause I need pick me ups every day. I need to pick me up all the time. And really I started like doing these like self-motivating self, um, like you, I, I know you've seen a, a few of them. Um, and they're really just pick me ups for me. Like just to remind me like, yo, you got it. Just keep going. You're doing good. Especially where my life's at right now um but it seemed like other people kind of took to it and like you know they would drop me dms like oh yo that was dope like i like that what you put together because i the way i try to do it is i try to put a video together uh, and then i try to put um words together after the video um so it kind of goes hand in hand kind of feeds Mm -hmm. each other but like like i said really they were just for me like just reminders for me so i can look back when i'm feeling low and i need to pick me up like just the all right cool you can make it another day you can make it another hour you can make it another minute um but people seem to like them so i was like oh it's cool do you feel like
1: you're pressed to that degree where you can make it another minute you can make
0: another day at this point no um okay Uh, so like march of last year i was actually admitted to a mental institution um, and this was at the height of everything of my depression. This was at the height of my marriage really falling apart. And my wife walked in, in on me trying to kill myself, didn't know what to do. So she called the paramedics. She called, um, I mean, God bless her too, for that, because the way I had set it up, I was going to use my dead weight to hold the door back. It was a form of like, a, of a hang type mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but with all her strength, she pushed through my big ass and, um, cracked the door open and, you know, um, God bless her for that. And so basically, you know, they label me as a fifty one fifty, you automatically have to go to a mental institution, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, it, it was clarity for me because I realized like I was not happy what I was doing. I was working a bullshit graveyard job. My sleep was all fucked up. I wasn't seeing my kids my wife's hours. I mean, my wife's, I wasn't seeing my wife either at the time because of our schedules. And then our marriage was fucking falling apart. So, and then like, like I said, like it was just in my head, my thoughts were taking control of me. And I like, and it wasn't like, Oh, fuck pity me. Like, I just want to kill myself. Like it, you just want to shut it off. Like, right. I just want to turn it off. Give me 30 minutes to turn it. And you like, it gets to a point where you're desperate to turn it off. Like, I don't know how to shut my brain down. like, like, smoke weed, drinking, none of that shit started, none of it helps. So, it was just, like, fuck, dude, it's, it's, it's lights out time. Like, like I just need it to stop because it's, like, killing me, like, internally. Like, I just need my brain to stop fucking running, seriously. And, um, so, yeah, so, but it was the best thing for me because I met a woman out there. Um, her name was Dory. I don't know her name, but shout out to Dory at the Santa Rosa Aurora Mental Institution because... Uh, she kind of shared with me like her son's kind of similar to me. and She's the one that plugged me with the book. But being in the mental institution, I saw, I s- it was fucking crazy, man. There was people running around screaming and shit. I was like,
1: you are gotta- probably the most normal one in there. Oh,
0: it? I got it kind of good actually. Like, yeah, <laughs> like I-, I think I could go now, please. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but it w- it was something I needed because without that without that i would have never got plugged i would have never known what cognitive therapy was that lady was a godsend to give me that book i would have never pushed myself to get medication i've tried therapy in the past but like it just never really clicked with me um so I, I, it was beneficial because then i realized like how unhappy i was and like with everything that was going on and something needed to change so a lot of times
1: you feel like you're not contributing Mm -hmm. you feel like you're not contributing and or you're not contributing that's a big way on a man's heart and a man's psyche and that for me and for others as well is the main reason why we sort of exile ourselves from other people, because if we can't be of utility to anybody or anything, it's like, well, we're kind of going against the biological urge to actually be something. Mm -hmm. And it's because it's not happening. And because we are in the pits of it, because nothing's happening it's just like a, a constant vicious cycle that is continuing mm-hmm. and it looks different for everybody monsters look different for everybody you know everybody's dragon is a different height, a different look but nonetheless you have to slay your dragon mm-hmm. and so most of the time it's easier to slay the dragon when you do something. Mm-hmm. Not when you don't do anything, for lack of a better explanation than that. Mm-hmm. I mean with fitness, even though it seems very rudimentary and it seems like that's well, that's it's futile. Like you have real big boy problems to deal with. You don't mm-hmm. go work out right now. Yeah. But that in and of itself, because it's aligned with the body and the brain, there's two components to that, and they're both in conjunction with you facilitating in these exercises that gives a man more worth instantaneously. Absolutely. And when you do when you have that, you automatically want to do more of it Mm -hmm. and you want to venture in a different path. You start to become more creative. You start to become more motivated. Mm -hmm. If you're, if you're careful, you can then set disciplines, that can move you further towards your aim or whatever your focus is in that particular season of your life, and you may be able to create some shit. And then when you create that thing, you have more competency, obviously. As a byproduct, you have more confidence. And then it just builds like a brick wall. You just stack bricks every day. I don't know what it's, I'm not gonna sit here in front like I know what it feels like to be depressed. Mm Because again, man, I told you I had a really good, I was blessed to have a good childhood, man. And that's all in part because of my dad, because what my dad did for his family, Mm -hmm. which is analogous to what you're doing right now for your son. Right. So even though you had a not so good childhood or not so, not the best of upbringing, Mm -hmm. that's fair to say, right? right? You are circumventing your situation to where now the benefit is going to extend to, to the them. youth to Yeah, them the only thing that we have to be careful about when I say we I mean you <laughs> Is that? You don't create a soft man in the process. Yes Because that could be detrimental to his Him. kids.
0: Yeah, because what's that saying right like strong men make weak men weak men make Hard times. Hard times. And then. Hard times make strong men. And then it's cycle continues. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's very, very true, man. And. I'm on the end of what a weak man would be Mm -hmm. because I had a strong
0: man. Do you feel that your childhood had hindered you from because the way you talk about it, I feel like you feel like. Like as a father. And I'm sure your dad can attest to this. You want to provide a, a nice, easy life, though you may be robbing them of something, right, right. you know, detrimental as far as struggle. But that is your goal. That That's the protection and provision. That's the purpose of being a father is to protect and provide for your children, for your wife or whatever. Right. Do you feel sometimes like it? because like, I don't know the way you say it. Like, do you feel like I don't know. Do you feel a certain way about it? Yeah, like it comes off like I'm discouraged a little bit. Yeah, like... And I don't
1: think you should be because... Well, here's how I think. Here's how I feel about it. So if I were to have gone off in the avenue of adopting and receiving everything that he had been able to provide for me as a child and kept going with that, Mm -hmm. then I would be in trouble. As an adult. As an adult. Yeah. I'd be in serious trouble. But if it weren't for... And this is where fitness is more profound than people give it credit for mm-hmm. credit to. If I hadn't found fitness, I would have never uncovered how much of a fucking savage I can be when it comes to pain and when it comes to discipline and when it comes to consistency mm-hmm. and tenacity and all those other prevailing elements, etc. Had I not uncovered those, I'd be in trouble. Right. For sure. So and- you add the advent of alcohol, drugs, mm. big fucking trouble. Oh yeah. So, I'm fortunate as I'm drinking. <laughs> no, no, no. But that's not to say anything about anybody else cuz I'm the minority here in this regard, right? Yeah. Not drinking, not not doing shit. But here's the thing. I'm glad that God I believe God kind of looked out for me in that regard. And there's a reason why I never took any kind of affinity in those types of behaviors. Mm. I don't know why, but I remember at an early age, it never was pressed down my throat more than the average person. Like don't do drugs, don't drink, it's bad for you, blah, 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 right? right? But for some reason I took it to an extreme level and I'm absolutely confident that if I had dabbled in those areas, it would have been an addiction. Like most of the things that are prominent in my life are addictions and there are rather obsessions. Mm-hmm. So I would have absolutely, what what, what kind of person might have think that I would have, I would have been exempt from being obsessed with very easy substances to become obsessed and addicted over. It would have absolutely happened for me. Bro. Oh yeah. And if that were to be the case, I'd be in trouble, 100%. Do you,
0: do you chalk that up to your OCD content, um, compulsions and stuff? As far as like, okay, I know that if I, even dabble a little bit in this i might get carried away <laughs> so it's what the ocd comes into play is i haven't
1: done it this long i'm not going to start what's the point yeah my streak i don't want to break my streak right oh, okay. so even yeah. if the streak is a day yeah yeah well i got a day so i want to make it two days right and i'm going to make it fucking four days yeah. and then that's the compound over time so now it's a streak i'm on i'm not going to break that streak now i'm yeah. way too deep in the streak
0: years in the making,
1: I'm not going to break it. (laughs) Right. So the thing is, but if I didn't start and I didn't allow myself to that, that I guess notion of a streak, Mm -hmm. then I would have, I would have ended up, uh, engaging in whatever that was, whatever the, you know, if whether it was substances or just drugs in general and, Mm. and or both and bro, I would have been in really big trouble. I'm not talking about like, I would have been probably
0: an addict or some shit somewhere. Yeah. Not here. Yeah. Like yeah.
1: somewhere bad right. and or dead. Because honestly, like anybody who knows me knows that I'm a very consistent person with anything that I have an obsession over. Right. And you don't think drinking, if that made me feel some type of way, or alcohol, or I'm sorry, drugs that made me feel some type of way, I
2: be obsessed I would. It?
1: It's the main reason yeah. why I never did steroids. Like in my realm of competitive bodybuilding, that's the next thing you do to, level to be up. better, to yeah, level up. right? But I knew that if I was to do that, it would have been short-term because mm-hmm. you can't be big and fucking jacked forever. right? And I knew that I wanted to live longer and not, well, I'm not saying that guys that don't do steroids don't live long. I'm just saying that-
0: Better quality of life.
1: Quality of life is something that I have, that there's um, a, a very- I guess I have a, there's a noble understanding of that within myself. Like I want to be able to be somewhat healthy knowing that lifting and eating the way I eat, isn't all that healthy. Mm -hmm. Like it would be healthier to work out less with full body splits. Probably eat a more, uh, vegetarian, but meat fruit type meta training type style diet. Mm -hmm. I don't do that. Mm -hmm. I, I focus on macros, calories in, calories out. You're counting uh, all that? Yeah, yeah bro. Yeah. I mean, like, th- but if the color comes from a fucking Pop-Tart, it comes from a Pop-Tart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, I don't. I, I joke. I don't really eat Pop-Tarts, but I love, <laughs> I love Reese's. I'll tell you that. Oh, I love yeah, Reese's.
0: Yeah. Anything with peanut butter and chocolate, Any, man, Yeah, that's my me. shit. Yeah, You got me.
1: But, um, so those things. Can like I'm not I'm not exactly the poster boy for anything health like mm. am I healthy earth than some Yeah for sure yeah. So are you But that's determinant on our body weight really right. our BMI etc. So I'm healthy in that regard but like what what I'm drawn to or what I what I what I gravitate towards isn't necessarily healthy unless I put a cap on things mm. and I don't know that I'm I don't know that I'm confident that I'll be able to put a cap on alcohol or drugs, especially when they're very, very, very known for their ability to become addicted over or rather, um,
0: Oh yeah, that monkey on your back. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: it's a good thing. And for whatever reason, this is why I call it God, because I, at 15, when I was first introduced to these things, there's no reason why I shouldn't have wanted to dabble in them. Mm. Like, I was introduced to pussy at 15. I dabbled, I dabbled in that.
0: A little bit here and over there. A lot. So,
2: it's like,
1: so I'm, I am don't think that that other cardinal desires wouldn't have, you know, fermented into something extra on top of that, on top of this, what the sex was doing. So, it's like, look, the fact that I said no to that, I can't give you an understanding or a definition as to why other than... I thought there's something like there's something more to this that I should not be that I should not engage in mm-hmm. for another for extra for for reasons that are inadvertently unknown to me right now and or I wanted to I liked well okay so that's why I said no in the beginning but then it went on into high school and I started to become I guess known or the identity sort of was surrounding the fact that Justin doesn't do this sort of thing. and I'm mean to speak to myself in third person just for purposes of right. you know conversation. Like people thought, oh, well, people knew I didn't drink and do drugs. So I sort of liked the uniqueness of that centered idea. around yeah. that idea. Yeah. And I think that's what then was the driver afterwards. And then the driver after that was the fact that I've developed this streak. Of not doing it. So now it's levying on my OCD. So now my OCD is a driver for me not doing to maintain my streak, streak.
0: yeah. But that's that's admirable, man. That's good because especially in high school, that's fucking the worst time to try to... I mean, all the peer pressure, parties, yo, know, man, fuck. It was so hard not to drink, you know what I mean? Everybody's mm. getting fucked up and doing drugs and shit like that. So Yeah, I just focused did on Did you party? A I lot just in high
1: focused school? on getting pussy. That's all that, what? <laughs> that, that was, that focused was on. my drug. drugs. <laughs> That's it, man.
0: <laughs> but you know what? Going back to um uh like when I was asking you, did you feel like it um your father's um way of upbringing you kind of hindered you? But you like you said, you developed these skills, like you bodybuilding. basically showed you you're resilient you're durable your work ethic that's a really good word durable durable that's a really good word it is because you know what i feel the same way with me as far as um and these these traits carry over in life it's it's not just something that you adopted during your wrestling season or during a fight and then it goes away bye-bye no these are things that to this day i still apply to my life and i remember coaches telling me like like a wrestler's worth work ethic is second to none, and I didn't really understand what that meant at the time. But now, as a man, and then like like some of the most dominant fighters came from a wrestling background, like that ground and pound shit yeah. and all that other good shit. But it's not even about that. It's just about the life lessons you learn throughout you know, throughout those times, and how they carry like like I said, how they carry over into life. Like it's huge because without them i wouldn't be the person i would be i wouldn't have the the values i would be holding today or the standards that i expect for myself or for my children you know what i mean like there's so many great life lessons in sports like as far as structure and everything like that
1: agreed agreed and if more people immerse themselves in sports and didn't think of sports as just sports, mm-hmm. but thought of them as actually life guiders and yeah. life, like a life, le- like a teacher, so to speak. Yeah. Like you brought up the fact of being durable or seeing if you're even durable or not. Cause some people are fucking frail
2: yeah, and they're
1: easily coiled when presented with any kind of, I have clients that are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, They're easily, I guess, compressed under stress and by the way this stress is resistance and it's imposing they're willingly imposing the stress on themselves but they can't they don't know what it takes to i guess they don't have that element it's not it's not and i and i always i try to be an empath in this regard but i'm not but mm. i try to be but i'm not really it's like i do the work so i expect you to be able to do the work so but here's the here's the common denominator here with people that are I'm just gonna, for purposes of the convo, I'm gonna say like you and I. Mm. People that understand hard work and work ethic in the gym, it's because they genuinely like it. Yes. But if you genuinely do not like working out, but you just want what comes from it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: i.e., strength, body composition, etc., then it's still gonna be hard to attain it
2: oh, yeah. because
1: you'll find any little thing to say. To excuse you from the you workout. Want out. You want out. Yeah. You don't like it. Like, look, I can't operate that way with fitness because I really do like it. Mm-hmm. Do I love it? I don't know. But I like it a lot. Like, I don't know that I would say I love it, but it's something that I do. I would do if I were sick. I would do if I had a broke fucking knee. Mm-hmm. I would do it. I'd have to be bedridden or dead to not do it. By that definition, does that make me love it? I don't know, I guess. But I- I, Exactly. It's an obsession at this point. It's something that I'm gonna have for the rest of my life to some degree, in some facet, I'm gonna work out. I'll probably get to the point where I'm too old to do much of anything but full body workouts three times a week that lasts maybe 45 minutes or so, resistance trained or resistance oriented, Mm. you know? And then I'll eat more of a Mediterranean type style diet. I'll just be lean and fucking that's it. Right. You know, just healthy, lean, whatever. Good blood markers, et cetera. But now it's like I don't want that. I want I don't care to be healthy. Mm-hmm. I wanna be I wanna have a certain look. But that's the thing that drives it. I also like it and I and I'm obsessed with it. So these things are in tandem the reasons why I always show up every day. Mm-hmm. It's unless it's a scheduled day off and there is no reason why I would take a day off. Right. But I don't really like being like that, but I do like it because it does. It's a, it's a love hate relationship because it shows me actually how disciplined I am even when I don't want to be, because right. I don't want to be this way a, a lot of the time. Sometimes you feel like you want to pull back. A bit. I always want to pull back. Yeah. I'm not, I don't want to be this disciplined because it's not a good lifestyle. Yeah. It just doesn't really amount to much in the, in the time that you're doing it. But what you're not knowing is you're working on the things that are going to happen in your future, Mm. but because you're this way now, even though you're, you're feeling like shit now, it's not going to be this way in the future. You're lining up things right now for your future. You just can't see what they look like. And I'm not trying to be nebulous here with regards to you know what this picture is, what it looks like for you to, you know, what your future is going to be. I'm not some fucking fortune teller. I'm just saying that I don't think that you could put in this type of work and this type of dedication to something and it not amount to nothing.
2: Yeah, That's what I think. Yeah, I And agree. I think that
1: goes for everybody out there. You can't put in this type of work, this type of dedication into something, and it turned into nothing. Yeah. That's like impossible. You're better. You're you would what would happen before that is you die. That would happen before this turning into nothing. Right. It's gonna turn into something. You just gotta be fucking patient and keep putting your days in. Keep putting the checks on the board yeah. every single day and keep laying bricks. Before you know it you're going to have a wall, but right now you can see over that little thin line of bricks you lay because you will not fucking lay anything yet. Right. Yeah. But you need to be on that streak, man. And the only way to get on that streak is to be, to be in movement towards whatever focus, aim streak you want to be on. Right. So you're going to obviously materialize whatever you put focus into. Right. Period. Period. If I didn't put focus into fitness and I put the same focus into business and being this you know, I don't know whatever business I wanted to go into that I'm not into with fitness. If I was to do that,
0: you would succeed. I'd be a
1: fucking monster.
0: Absolutely, I'd be a
1: fucking yeah. monster, and and I say that with certainty and confidence because of what I can do and what I've done in fitness. What you
0: achieved already, yeah,
1: man. It's like and the the the, the bad thing about fitness is to be a great competitive bodybuilder, you have to have genetics on your side. Mm. Well, I don't have the best of genetics, so even if I was to do gear, I wouldn't be the best bodybuilder. I just be in a wash of multiple good bodybuilders, right? But That's not good enough for me. I want to stand out. We build ourselves to stand out to some degree. Yeah. That's what we want. That's our focus is not just the focus at hand with developing ourselves in this particular pursuit, but wanting to be unique in the process. Right. And as an end result, we want to be unique. So I knew I wouldn't be unique in terms of being a, a, a big, robust
0: bodybuilder. Just being a pool of the same Just being a pool of all the same people, right?
1: Same looking chest, shoulders, arms, legs to some degree. Right. Whatever. That's not good enough, man. And I don't want to put my body through the rigmarole of what that looks like health-wise. So I just, that's why I omitted that from the situation or from, right rather, my uh, desires. But if I were to put the same type of tenacity that I do in fitness and the same type of focus into fitness as I do, or as I do in fitness, into something like building a brand or a business, fucking monster because all that time I've allocated into being that in fitness and to doing and being disciplined and not just the time it's the component of discipline Mm -hmm. and doing things I don't want to do for purposes of the pursuit. Right. That would make me into a monster. And that's something that bodybuilding has uncovered for me. And for that, I'm grateful.
0: Well, what do you think as far as, because you are a business owner, you actually are an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. You have your own, um, Location as far as um, your physical fitness and studio and stuff like that. Do you feel. I mean. Do you feel like it translates over into that as far as business wise? Because I would say you're but pretty successful, right? I mean, you're not too the, bad.
1: Owning a personal training business is easy compared to doing what it takes to be a bodybuilder. Is it really? It's easy. Yeah. Because I've set it up to where it's. I can run my business from Tennessee. I can run it from Hawaii if I wanted to, it's, I've set up the model to where I can run it. I can make an exit and I can run it from anywhere in the world. And it's just, it's operable in that way in regards to other training or I'm sorry, other personal trainers that are, that are facilitating in the studio from everything from the umbrella of under the umbrella of payments, scheduling. all the automated emails that we send out, et cetera. Mm. Like uh, I have an admin that takes care of things that I don't take care of that are per- for purposes of like, you know, computer like, um, administration rather. Right. And, um, it's taken a while to get it to that point, but that's nothing compared to building yourself in terms of a physique and then competing and doing everything it takes to be competitive and win. Yeah. It's not the same. It's, easier to build a business so when it's easier to build and I and by the way I can do this I'm not tooting my horn at all mm. I'm just saying something factual here I could do the same business model anywhere in the world I could do I could replicate it two three four hundred times if I wanted to mm. because I already know the components and nuts and the bolts of this one which only took me oh I don't know four years to develop That's nothing in the sprint of what it takes to become a better version of yourself through the, the art of, of training Hmm. and can being consistent with that, with those efforts. So I would, I would argue that owning a business, well, at least the business that I'm in is easy compared to bodybuilding. And if it weren't for bodybuilding, yes, I may not have been so, um, vivacious in terms of you know, developing something with mm. fitness or the business, but perhaps I would be because I had a business when I was 16 in high school. Was so that I, the uh, selling? Selling? I did. Li- I installed lift. Yeah. Selling, yeah, yeah, truck, yeah, yeah. Uh, selling lift kits, installing lift kits, you know, selling wheels, tires, etc., accessories.
2: Mm.
1: I built trucks with, in terms of like the vi- like people would come to me with X amount of dollars and I would build their truck based on what they had. You know, in terms of like the lift kit, wheels, tires, accessories, what I thought would look good, you know, the image of the truck that they wanted to uh, exude, etc.
0: I assume you had that same sort of passion pursuing that right. as you did with bodybuilding. Yes. Yeah. So, okay.
1: but, but then the passion, the passion carried over into uh applicable work when it came to building the studio ah. and building the business. But I'd still argue that was nothing in, in comparison or juxtaposition to Competition, competition, man, Yeah. because mentally you're fucked when you're competing and you're four weeks out of a contest and you're depleted on multiple levels. And you know this from wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. You're not mentally. So when you can do the things like when you can do the things when you're depleted that are innately tied to your ability to develop this or rather express discipline towards whatever that is and you're not mentally all there, mm. that's real fucking mental strength. When you can do those things, when your better half is telling you, don't.
0: Check out, yeah. Check
1: out, yeah. man. <laughs> so, yeah, man, if I'm on all cylinders, I can do anything, yeah. or not anything, but you know, I can do a lot of things when I'm riding on all cylinders. When I'm only riding on one or two cylinders, and I need to do the same things with the same type of tenacity as eight cylinders, mm. Oh, that's a different monster. That's a different person. Oh yeah. But you only uncover if you have that person by what engaging in the threat, engaging in the, in the, in the pursuits. Right. Or else you don't, ha- you don't know what you're made of.
0: I think that's why, well, I mean, I think you agree. That's why like struggle is important, right?
1: Yeah, man. that's why I sometimes think, you know, as weird as it sounds, I wish I had more struggle. But then again, I don't like, that's, that's, that's a really broad or bold thing to say. I should, you know, I should say that's, that's a bold thing to address and, or even convey like, I want more struggle, but cause nobody wants struggle. Hell no, man. Nobody wants struggle. I don't want no struggle. I want no problems. So the best thing that I can do is do things that are sort of analogous to a, to a struggle for me that
0: gets me away from feeling like I'm too cushy. I think it's good. You recognize that, but I also think you kind of hard on yourself, man. I don't think you should be so hard on yourself.
1: Yeah. But yeah. And I agree with you, but, um, the only reason why I feel like I'm, and I'm not saying I'm anything, but if I'm anything, of any kind of anything. Mm -hmm. It's only been because I am constantly grading myself and I am by extension hard on myself, but that's only because I don't know anything different and I'm not really a, I'm not, you and I, the only thing we differ, I think is this, and maybe we don't differ in this. I'm going to go on a ledge and think we possibly differ from this, but I don't, I don't, need self-love mm-hmm. because the love that I have is anchored in my competency. Mm. And whatever I've done is whatever I've done and whatever I've got a picture of whatever I've done that, that showcases itself in real time and whatever I think I could do based on other things that I've done, but yet not yet had the opportunity mm-hmm. to do them. That still is inst that still is instantiating the element of competency.
0: So are you like? Because hmm. I think
1: self love is important. Like I think, yeah, I think- but self love comes from your ability to understand that you're confident in said things. You're confident. You're 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 able to be the man that you know you could be mm-hmm. right. So, I mean, that's a form of self love. I mean, but
0: oh, okay. yeah, yeah. that's, I guess I where that. I get it
1: from. I'm not, I'm not about the whole love yourself. Yeah. I don't even know what the fuck that means. <laughs> I,
0: I'm about
1: you need to prove to yourself. Mm.
0: That's good. Prove, prove to, yourself.
1: to yourself. It's cause every one of us is worthy because we're a human being that's that goes without say absolutely but prove to yourself that you are competent at doing something that you can contribute to others with Mm -hmm. that would maybe make them better whatever that is right that could be a multitude of things and that's all levied on what you what you have an innate um urgency towards doing Mm -hmm. right what you feel like direct affinity with and that could be different, man. That could be cooking. That could be your ability to teach people something, whether it be any kind of you know, political science or right. you know, whatever, math, whatever. Or that could be your ability to speak. Or that could be your ability to build something. You're maybe you're a really great engineer and mm. you can you can build something with with not only your mind, but with your hands as well.
2: Right. Yeah, yeah.
1: But every man is gonna be a little bit different every woman's gonna be a little bit different. but I think it's your ability to prove to yourself what you're made of and that's going to have a direct impact on whether or not you feel competent or not. Right. And then that's going to have a direct impact on your confidence
0: levels. Absolutely. So going on that, fuck dude, I feel like such a Debbie downer. Okay. Um, so for people who are listening, there's, I feel like a lot of depressive shit that I'm spewing out, but I hope that you guys understand that I'm only spewing it because I want it to reach somebody who may be in the same situation that I'm in, but maybe missing one piece of the puzzle. Maybe I have one piece of the puzzle that they don't have, that if they did have, it would give them all the confidence and hope in the world. So proving to yourself, uh, we talked about this a little bit briefly, but I said, I want to say for the podcast when you're asking me, where do you stay? Stay in Grover Beach. But since me and my wife have separated, I've been living out of my car. So I'm kind of like part-time homeless in a sense. Um, shit, I forgot what's I was going with this. Um, oh, but proving to yourself. So part-time homeless in a sense. And this isn't the first time I've been homeless. I've been homeless once before this. And a buddy of mine at the time was like, Jay, don't be so prideful that you can't go home. Because my mom, she stays in San Riff. For anybody who's listening who knows me, don't tell my mama that I'm living in my car. You break my mama's heart, I break your legs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But um, because the first time, it was like maybe four or five months, whatever, six months, I was living in my car, and a buddy was like, Jay, don't be so prideful that you can't go home. I didn't really know what that meant, but I was like, fuck, dude, like I'm tired of struggling like this. I'm going to go home. Went home, stacked up enough money got out again flash forward to today you know the separation with um uh, my ex-wife so no long story short all right? <laughs> okay so um yeah so we were separated but we both live you know check to check like most americans and we struggle with money trying to pay the bills but for a year, we were both, you know, still living in the same apartment with our kids, but we, our schedules are always opposite. We wouldn't see each other when I'd come home or when she'd come home, I'd be going to sleep because I start work super early in the morning and vice versa, whatever. And so, um, you know, she would be sleeping in the room or I'd be on the couch or I'd be in the room and she'd be on the couch and you know kids aren't stupid They see all this shit that's playing out And you know what I mean and Eventually they're like You know why is mom and dad sleeping in this room And uh, Um, So Eventually something had to give So she's the mother She's a great mom Like I said before She's an awesome mom I have nothing bad ever to say about her um, And this is the man thing Like I was like okay you stay with the kids You know I'll go Because we're tired of walking around on eggshells So yeah So I've been out living in my car for, uh, at this point now, maybe five months. Um, and, and it's not a prideful thing. Cause like I, I started thinking, cause I had a cousin come up from long beach, visit me recently. And he was just like, you know, I had not seen him in a minute. So he's like, Jay, how you been? You know, I just kind of telling him like, you know, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. He dropped a brick of cash on me. He's like, I want you to have this. And as much as I wanted to take it, I knew that if I took it, I'd be doing myself a disservice because like you said it's like you need to prove to yourself that you can stand alone and it's not because like it's not a prideful thing because i wanted to take the money but i've already done that where i've gone home and you know what i mean i stayed there and all that shit and and i'm back here now so i don't know if it's god or if it's the universe telling me like listen like it's going to be rough a little bit but i promise you What I have planned for you on the other side is going to be so much better than you fucking probably even are even imagining in your head right now. Like, I have something really special for you lined up, but I need you to go through this suck right now. It's going to suck, but I promise you're going to be better for it. So my biggest thing is I want somebody out there listening to know that it's going to suck, but it has to. That's the only way you fucking get better is 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 pushing through the shit times. You know what I mean? Because. You find out what you're really made of, you know what I mean? Like hard times will, will show you where you're weak, show you where you're strong and show you where you need to improve. Like, so, um, sorry, I kind of went on the tangent, but no, it's good, man. But, but yeah, believe me, because like, even though I'm living out of my car, even though my wife and I are separated, this is the happiest Like, truly the happiest I've been in fucking years. Is this where I thought I would be when I found happiness? No. I thought I'd have my own spot by now and fucking, you know what I mean? My kids, bedroom, all nice and decked out and all this other shit. But, fuck, I'm happy, so I'll take it. I'm not complaining because I forgot what it was like to be happy. Like, I'm at peace. Like, me and my ex-wife, we have, um, just because we're familiar with each other, we can... Tend to step on each other's toes and shit like that And not because we intentionally mean to Just we're familiar And you know what I mean? Out of habit Um, But I know we both mean well We're both trying to be co parent and All this other good shit Um, But like I'm so happy Like I'm so Like I've never been at peace And um, And I think that That says a lot That you can be in a fucked up situation And still find peace And peace is important Like over material shit over everything over fucking money like, like if i could i'd be a fucking hippie like no shoes walking in the woods and just i'd be like mcdodge i don't know if you ever saw that show mcdodge mm. <laughs> some cat that lives out in oregon in the woods and they do all this like um trading amongst other people who also live in the wood just like off the grid like like to me that's paradise like just living off the land not needing shit You
1: know, you, you bring up the, the component of peace Mm -hmm. and that's, it's very important to men to have peace in their life. And I think that look for all the women listening, I'm going to give them a bit of advice. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't heal your man. You can give him peace, Mm -hmm. which uh, as a byproduct will end up healing his current circumstance or whatever he's dealing with. If you provide peace to the household, that's doing a lot for the man. That's far better than you lining up a therapy session for him. Yeah, Making, I mean, I'm not saying making, I was going to say making food, but that could be good because that's kind of a peaceful orientation as well.
0: Because if a woman makes you food, she If she loves you, she's going to put love in the food. You can, when food tastes like shit, probably because motherfucker didn't give a fuck about what he was cooking, just trying to flip it and get it out to you as quick as possible. But when someone like your mama, your grandma, your girl, whatever actually cooks you food, you can't tell me that shit doesn't always taste better than, you know, anything else. Like there's love put in it, like, and you absorb it. You absorb the love. You know what I mean? So, uh, so that
1: by extension is going to give you peace. Exactly. The peace is is a very important element to not just not discount and and obviously not dismiss. That if more women gave their men peace, this is not obviously you know a PSA to, to give your man peace. I'm just saying that you know that is what all men search for. They search for peace. I mean, it's I think it's a prime example of the whole the whole um what's that um saying rather that money doesn't buy you happiness mm-hmm. but i mean it does and it doesn't it also can create demons for you
2: okay
1: if you're not careful with how you spend it and how you choose to distribute your time when you have said money because mm-hmm. when you have a lot of money you have a little bit more freedom exactly and, and financial
0: you, freedom is always nice yes There's nothing wrong with that yes
1: and you have more choices as a result right yeah but you have to be very prudent with your choices. Mm -hmm. That's important. And I don't know. I just, I, I really think that the, the peace aspect, like what you're, what you're, what you're speaking about is, is super important. And it goes to say that the money isn't going to be everything. It's the element of peace because the way we're biologically wired, we can't help this. The way we're wired is to have to search for peace.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas, and it's like we're, we're very simple as creatures, as men. We're very simple, man. We just want peace. We want sex. This is obviously for the woman, right. and we want a sandwich. I mean, that's really, there's a joke behind that, <laughs> Maybe but pop-tart. that's really <laughs> that's really what it what it boils down to. It was really, really three things to keep a man happy. Mm-hmm. And obviously if you have a fat ass, that's a plus, Oh yes. uh, you know, but it's like yes, yes. those things are what we search for. Very stupid, simple, rudimentary at the core. Right. Um, yeah, man. I mean, that's a really heavy thing that you laid on people that for your current circumstance, you know?
0: Yeah. Cause like I said, it was not what I imagined, but when it comes like. You got to take it, man, because you don't know when you might not be at peace again. And uh, the, honestly, like, I'm thankful for the marriage I had, because though we, you know, there were good times, obviously. But by the time marriage was over, there are a lot more bad times than good times. Obviously, that's why we are no longer together. But I feel like that relationship was beneficial in a sense that it's it took away all the negativity took away all my anger took away all my jealousy and it left me with nothing but love and empathy and that's all I want to give to people now is just love and empathy because at the end of the day that's everything like that to me that at least that's everything and so in, in regards I'm thankful to my ex for that I'm and I and I hope I I hope that she doesn't carry that like because she like I like I said, I feel like she took all the negative stress and all that's like all that was gone when I released her and finally realized like this is not good for me. Look where the fuck I'm at. I'm in a mental institution like this isn't good for me. Like I need something's got to give. I need to change. I need to do something for me because I fucking buried myself to make sure everybody else was good and it was just the sense of like i didn't want to do anything for myself because it felt selfish but it's selfish to not do something for yourself and i think that's where a lot of people get tripped up honestly and and you gotta like you gotta like as cliche as it is you gotta really do you gotta put yourself first in order to make sure all the dominoes fall in line so that everybody's good so I pray that she doesn't carry what I feel she removed from me on her because I wouldn't want that for her. I want nothing but peace and love for her. But like I'm so full of love now, so full of empathy, so full of compassion. And like I just I just want to spread that. I just, That's all I want to give now because that's all I have to give. I have nothing else. I'm not a fu- I don't have a lot of money. I, like I said, I live check to check. So all I have to give you is my love and my time
1: that's going to have a compound effect though in the future. And again, what it goes back to us not understanding why we're going through these things or not understanding where this is going to lead to. Mm -hmm. I, I firmly believe in my heart that people like yourself and people that are disciplined and people that are putting their, their time and their investment into something and believe something so, so profoundly like you do and, and really move through life in that way they're not going to be wasted you just don't understand what this is going to lead to yeah but what you have the ability like your thought process your mind just the 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 way that you your your composure everything man what you've been through the way that you distribute now with your words and and what you want to give to people those <laughs> that's something that more of this world needs and i don't say that to be cliche I say that with just the utmost veracity, more of the world needs people like you and for that reason. If this world doesn't end, meaning we don't have this catastrophic event take place where it kills all of us off and you don't die, something is going to happen for you and it's not going to happen. Not little shit, something big because people like you, need to be in the forefront because there are many people that are under you and I don't mean like they're like there's they're not below you but they're going to be able to be witnesses by what you say in terms of your testimony mm-hmm. what you have to give and distribute to others is of the utmost utility and value and it's being created right now for one day for an for an for a very long duration of days to be able to distribute or contribute rather to others to make them better. You won't go wasted, my friend. It won't happen unless this world ends and all of us die Mm -hmm. or God forbid you die. That's not going to happen though because you have a plan to carry out God has a plan for you to carry out clearly Absolutely. or else you'd have been gone a long time ago, bro. I gonna be here now. So this is obviously evidence that there's something for you and not just something like, Oh, there's a Christ- there's a tree under the or- <laughs> tree. There's the <a> Christmas present <laughs> the Christmas tree, not something small like that. And just nothing. It's going to be something major because someone like you can't be wasted, man. And that's what I really firmly believe in my fucking heart. And that's, yes, it's my heart speaking, but it's also something that is seemingly, it's seemingly intuitive as well. Because when I interfaced with you, when I did in the very beginning, Mm -hmm. there was something that I felt, I can't define whatever the fuck that was, but there was something that called me to say, have a conversation with him on the podcast, Mm -hmm. not just right now at the gym right on the podcast and I thought well I liked our small communication we had and because he's a fighter I know that there's a story behind it because again people don't go into fighting just for a sport that's a poor that's man's typically sport. a reason yeah. right come from the gutter so there's got to be something to him and I could have easily just said, hey, let's have coffee one day. Mm -hmm. And you would have obviously taken me up on the offer, you're a nice guy. But there was something that was urging me to put you on the podcast because that is what I firmly believe is not just for me or for you, but it's for other people that are listening. They're gonna find refuge in the words that you're speaking and you just don't know You just don't know what's going to happen from all of this. Maybe nothing, maybe something we don't know. But the point is someone like you with the kind of merits that you have are not going to go wasted. That would, that would be a travesty for someone like you to go wasted, man. And I don't say that so you can give me a pat on my back and thanks Justin, man. I really appreciate that. I'm not looking for any of that shit. I'm telling you the fucking truth, or at least, The truth in how I see it, and that's one man's depiction. True, but it's just one man's depiction. It's one man's depiction of how he sees the person sitting across from
0: him, and that person, he just barely knows. I appreciate that, man. I do a lot. Like I know you're not looking for pets, but that means that that really does mean a lot. Just because, like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing (laughs) half of the time, so. Um, yeah, man, that that's just like, shit, my biggest takeaway would be, would be that just that fucking like, you can make it, man like I promise like it's like that saying in I don't know if you I'm sure everyone's seen it's one of my favorite quotes is like in uh in a movie uh the dark the dark night Batman mm. where he says uh the night is darkest just before the dawn but I promise you the dawn is coming like you just gotta hold on a little bit longer man like it is coming um but I've never thought of myself in in a, in a sense that way like you know going unwasted so that's it's pretty dope man to look at it I've never looked at it that mm. way um And I hope not because why the fuck are we even here then if not to make a difference in other people's lives? Yeah, man.
1: And you have the ability, you have the construction to make an effect on people. You have the construction to have an effect on people in multiple ways. So it's, you're not going to go unwasted. It's just a matter of time. But you have to understand that those are not inspirational words. I'm not meaning to be inspirational mm-hmm. or motivational. I don't think you need a pep talk, right? I'm telling you this because that's just innately what, whatever gut I have is telling me and whatever brain I have is telling me and whatever heart I have is telling me to say. Mm-hmm. So take with that what you want, man. But that is my truth, not my truth, but that is what, that is what I'm thinking as I'm conversing with you. Right. That's what I felt when I conversed with you the very first time. Like, not to this extent, Mm -hmm. obviously, but
0: now knowing more about you, that's how it's unfolding. And I was hesitant to tell, like, should I say this? Should I say that? But like you said, you want everything to be organically how it comes out. And sometimes I feel like the shitty situations we go through are not necessarily meant for us. They're meant to be told because somebody else might need to hear it so the shit that i've gone through like i'm appreciated of it i have a lot of gratitude because of how i've grown and what i've learned but maybe some of these stories that i'm telling you guys isn't just a story it's to give you hope it's to let you know like what i went through was to tell you to let you know that You can make it like you're going to be all right. Like shit sucks. Yeah, I know. Fuck, that's life, dude. Fall down. Get yourself back up. Fall down. Get up again. Just keep getting up. If you can stand, if you can breathe, if you can walk, then you can fight. If you can do all those things, don't tell me you can't fight because you're up. If you quit on yourself, that's a whole different story. But don't expect no pity party, though, because you ain't going to get that shit from me. I love it, man.
1: Yeah. Let's end it there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Jason, tell people where they can find you, bro.
0: Uh, so my IG is Jason Quinn 58 and that's there, pretty much it. Are there any underscores with that? <laughs> no, just straight straight across the board, Jason Quinn 58. And
1: uh yeah, that's where you can find me, man. Well, I just want to tell you, man, it was a pleasure and it was an honor speaking with you, man. I'm just Thank I'm you, just so glad that you, I, you know the funny thing is, is that I knew going into this, that this was going to be a good conversation. I just had a fucking feeling (laughs) man, and that only that feeling was that really, that feeling was only stemmed from our small interaction at the gym. But there are those people in life that you just have a natural connection to dude. And you're one of those people for me. So again, I appreciate you being here, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I do. Thank you.
0: Thank you for putting me on.
1: All right guys done.